Welcome to Full Rigor, of Florida True Crime Podcast. I'm Karen Curtis, and on this episode, our friend Nancy Grace and her war on top moms from hell. Now, we all know how Nancy Grace railed against, as she called her, top mom, Casey Anthony. But she also allegedly drove another mother of a missing Florida boy to kill herself. The woman's name was Melinda Duckett. She was the mother of little Trenton John Duckett, a two-year-old boy who disappeared from his Leesburg, Florida home, August 27, 2006. And Melinda Duckett attracted media attention because she committed suicide following a heated interview and appearance on The Nancy Gray Show on HLN. I want to thank one of my listeners, one of my podcast listeners, Mark N99, who reminded me of this story by messaging me on Instagram at Full Rigor Podcast. Thank you, Mark. So here's how the Nancy Grace interview with Melinda Duckett went down. Where were you? Why aren't you telling us where you were that day? Why aren't you telling us and giving us a clear picture where you were before your son was kidnapped? Because I'm not going to put those kind of details out. Why? Because I was told not to. Miss Duckett, you're not telling us for a reason. What is the reason? You refuse to give him the simplest facts of where you were with your son before he went missing. Melinda Duckett killed herself the very next day, hours before her segment with Nancy Grace was set to air on HLN. And Nancy Grace was unapologetic. I think it happened because Melinda Duckett may very well know where her son was. If anything, I would suggest guilt caused her to commit suicide. The family disagreed with Nancy Grace and accused her of unleashing unmitigated emotional distress on the mom. The family believes Nancy Grace caused Melinda Duckett's suicide. Sure, you know, this is a woman who was psychologically, emotionally unstable. She appeared on Nancy's show. And the key issue really is, what was she told before going on the show? Was, you know, Nancy has never met a victim that she doesn't love mm. and has never met a suspect that she wants to tar and feather. You know, if, if that were permitted under law, she would be, uh, you know, the first to uh, advocate for that. So, you know, she's, she's tough when it comes to uh, suspects and defendants and loves victims. So the question is, how was this interview initially pitched to this woman? Was it that they were going to be sensitive, wanting to help her in her quest to find her child? Or was there some sort of deception involved in trying to get her on the show? So that's criminal defense attorney Dana Cole, and he had some advice for Nancy Grace. Well, her defense is that, hey, I'm a reporter. I have a right to ask any question I want. This lady voluntarily came on my show. And as the interview progressed, you know, there were things that uh, Melinda Duckett was saying that wasn't sitting well with Nancy, and she had a right to sort of follow up. Her style is confrontational. She likes to cross-examine guests, and that's what she was doing. And there should have been no surprise, and Melinda Duckett was sort of fair game because she voluntarily appeared on the show. And believe it or not, attorney Dana Cole doesn't think that Nancy Grace was too hard on her. You know, 
To be quite honest, I actually don't think she went too far uh, because, you know, she started off being, frankly, somewhat sensitive and gave Melinda Duckett an opportunity to offer all sorts of explanations. But then there was sort of a turn in the interview where Melinda Duckett became a little more secretive and less forthcoming. And that's when sort of Nancy went in for the kill, so to speak, and kept demanding answers uh, that Melinda was not willing to give. So, you know, I could see how the interview progressed and uh, it sort of did progress logically. So while I'm not a huge fan of Nancy and a lot of uh, criminal defense lawyers call her Nancy disgrace, the fact is I don't think she necessarily went beyond the pale in this particular interview. So even after Melinda Duckett's suicide, she still remains the prime suspect in her son's missing persons case. This is according to Leesburg Police. And there is absolutely no evidence that Trenton Duckett was abducted. He disappeared without a trace. And the day after his disappearance was reported, officers found trash that his mom threw out, like a sippy cup, clothing, unfinished food, his favorite toy, and revealed, they say, her state of mind after she reported Trenton missing. So what are the circumstances behind Melinda Duckett's son's disappearance? Well, she reported her son missing on August 27, 2006. She told police that she had finished watching a movie and went back to check on Trenton in his bedroom. And that's when she said she discovered that he was gone. And she told police that there seemed to be a cut in the screen over the window above his crib, like someone had broken in. And according to police, even though she was the prime suspect in her son's disappearance, they didn't arrest her. They were hoping she would lead them to her son's body. But enter Nancy Grace, who was ruthless, and apparently she was on the right track. Miss Duckett, you're not telling us for a reason. What is the reason? You refuse to give him the simplest facts of where you were with your son before he went missing. So Nancy Grace interviewed Duckett on September 8th, 2006, just about two weeks after she reported her son missing. And the day after taping the show, Duckett wrote a two-page letter addressed to the public expressing her love for Trenton and an anger over being faced with ridicule and criticism. She left the letter on the dashboard of her car, entered her grandparents' home, retrieved her grandfather's shotgun, entered a closet, and committed suicide by firearm. I don't know if she blew her head off or if she shot herself in the chest. Most women, by the way, who commit suicide with a gun will shoot themselves in the chest, not the face or the head. Apparently, according to research, men are almost twice as likely as women to use a method that disfigures their face or head. One theory is that women are more concerned with their physical appearance, even in death, and that women aren't as familiar with guns as men are, and they don't want to upset their loved ones who might find their disfigured bodies. Of course, Duckett's family blamed her death on media scrutiny, particularly Nancy Grace, and they filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Nancy Grace and CNN for inflicting emotional distress on Duckett. Where were you? Why aren't you telling us where you were before your son was kidnapped? November 8, 2010, Nancy Grace reached a settlement with the estate of Melinda Duckett to create a $200,000 trust fund dedicated to locating Trenton. And according to the agreement, if Trenton was found alive before he was 13, he would get the money. But if he was not found alive by that time, the funds then will be transferred to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. 
And as you know, I interviewed the director of that organization. You might want to check out my Full Rigor podcast, episode 102, What to Do If Your Child is Missing or Exploited, where I interview Cal Walsh, Callahan Walsh. He's the brother of Adam Walsh, who I also did a podcast on, and John Walsh's son. And he's now the director of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. The organization is geared toward helping children reported missing find their way home and serves as a support group for families. Well, that $200,000 trust was transferred to them because they have not found Trenton. We haven't been given any hard evidence that he's not out there. It's kind of like he disappeared without a trace, you know. So we, we have to hold on to our faith. We have to you know, continue until we know what happened to Trenton. So back to Nancy Grace, you know, I also appeared several times on her show, the Nancy Grace show on HLN before she cut ties with CNN. I remember one time she introduced me and got the station call letters wrong. So I corrected her live on the air and I held my breath, fully expecting her to rip my head off. But she was so apologetic and then She uber-enunciated the call letters correctly. Welcome, Karen Curtis from WFTL in her southern drawl. (laughs) I did a lot of shows with her because there's so much crime and interesting legal stories that go down in South Florida. In fact, Nancy Grace and legal expert Dan Abrams were on A50 WFTL in 2018, and we asked them about Casey Anthony, who lives in the area. Oh, I'm sure she'll be thrilled to hear from Nancy. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I've got a question for top mom Casey Anthony. Her defense was that little Kelly likely drove in the pool, and her father, George Anthony, that she attacked at trial, fished the body out, and they decided to just double bag at trash bags and, and, and throw her into the woods. But then, just last March, when AP asked her what happened, she said, you know what, I really don't know. She was fine the last time I saw her. What happened? What happened to your defense of trial? Did you forget your story? I mean, how can you forget the last time you saw your child, your daughter, alive, and then you change it, your whole defense when you talk to Associated Press last March? That's a big, fat lie. For Nancy and me on that one, on Casey Anthony, you know, I think it could have been a mistake followed by a cover-up. I mean, I don't think Jake. Anthony or... Uh, so that's, well, why that's, not call 911 if your child drowns in the pool and try to resuscitate her? There are miracles. Children can be brought back. It does happen. So why not call 911? The whole yeah. thing was a lie. Why would you not want to give your child a proper burial? I yeah, mean, that's, no. crazy, crazy talk. There would have been better things to do. She didn't do it. No, in fact, to this day, Casey Anthony, who lives right here in West Palm Beach, says she has no idea what happened to her daughter. And jurors from her case are coming forward now, Duarte Gosh, and they're grief-stricken that they didn't find the top mom guilty of something in relation to the death of Kaylee Anthony. In 2011, Anthony was found not guilty of the murder of her daughter, Kaylee. Then she was only found guilty of lying to police. If she had been found guilty, she would have faced the death penalty. And on July 5th, 2011, the jury found her not guilty of first-degree murder, aggravated child abuse, and aggravated manslaughter of a child, but guilty of four misdemeanor counts of providing false information to law enforcement officers. Here she is being interrogated by the Orlando PD after they realized that she had been lying through her teeth. It's pretty obvious that with everything that you've told us, nothing has been truth. You know where she is. Now, my question to you is, is this. We need to find Kaylee. 
I understand that right now, Kaylee may not be in very good shape. You understand what I'm saying? She may not be the way we or the way your family last remembers her. We need to find out from you where Kaylee is. This, this, this right now is just, this is going so far downhill and this has become such a mess that we need to end it. It's very simple. We just need to end it. I agree with you. I have no clue where she is. Sure you if do. If I knew in any sense where she was, this wouldn't have happened at all. You it know, wouldn't have happened listen, whatsoever. This, the stuff about, about Zanny, the, 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 the caretaker or the, or the nanny taking care of him, it's, the truth. it's not the truth because it went to the apartment complex. There's no person that ever lived there by that name. The apartment's been vacant since March. That same apartment. Now, the apartment that you pointed out to me, the two-story apartment, that's an old folks' home. It's right across the street from your ex-boyfriend's house, who you never mentioned. And you said you wrote the address down because it was across the street. That's a lie, because I've already talked to him, and you know, we've already been by the house, and we've already you know, looked at everything we need to look at over there. Mm -hmm. Everything you told us is a lie. I can look at you as a person who's scared, who's concerned, and who's kind of afraid of what's going to happen because of something bad that happened before. Or we can look at you as cold, callous, and a monster who doesn't care, who's just trying to get away with something that, that something bad that happened and trying to cover it up. Mm -hmm. It's going to be one of those two options. It's one of these two options. I'm scared that I don't know where my daughter is. Casey's attorney, Jose Baez, did a great job. He's a criminal defense attorney in Miami. There were some rumors that she paid him with sexual favors. That has not been proven. But... He did tell Barbara Walters that even though Casey was acquitted, her daughter Kaylee got justice. Was this also justice for Kaylee? Absolutely. How? Because I think uh, Kaylee would never have wanted her mother to suffer this way. And Kaylee certainly would never have wanted her mother to die. And um, I don't think we could have dishonored Kaylee's memory with a false conviction. And that's what would have happened if she were found guilty of her murder. Jose Baez is so amazing that he also got the former Florida Gator and New England Patriot football player Aaron Hernandez off on murder charges. This was right before he hanged himself in his jail cell. And Baez told me that he thinks that he could have gotten Hernandez off on the other murder conviction for Odin Lloyd as well if he had lived. My big question still is, who was Kaylee's father? They did DNA tests. It wasn't George Anthony. Casey's dad, as some had alleged. It wasn't her brother, Lee. But she has several different boyfriends who could have been the father, but they all seem to die in separate traffic accidents, in crashes. It's so weird. There's no one alive. Except for Casey's former fiancé, Jesse Grund. What a name. Can you imagine being Casey Grund? Would have changed that. Here he is talking to Dr. Phil. When did you get involved with Casey? Uh, January of 2005, we met. And you asked her to marry you when? Uh, the end of that year, December 31st, New Year's Eve. All right. We got engaged. All right. And why didn't you get married? Um, a few months later, May of uh, 2006, came to the end of it. There were some behavioral changes in her. She was just turning into a different person. And basically, she said, I loved Kaylee more than I loved her. And that was unacceptable to her? That was very unacceptable. Okay. Huh. Nothing like a little mother-daughter angst. But how about some father-daughter drama? Her dad, George, tried to kill himself. 
January 23, 2009, George Anthony, grandfather of slain toddler Kaylee Anthony, was found by police despondent and possibly under the influence of medication and alcohol in Daytona Beach in a hotel. Police said they discovered a five-page suicide note in the hotel that he apparently penned. And so he was taken into police custody, transported to Halifax Medical Center for evaluation, and Baker acted, which under Florida law happens. And apparently it was the strain of having his granddaughter murdered and his daughter accused of murder that pushed him to the brink of what might have been another tragedy, you know, taking his own life, but he didn't. And in 2017, Casey Anthony finally broke her silence. She spoke with AP after being found not guilty of killing her daughter, Kaylee, in 2011. As to the charge of first-degree murder, verdict as to count one, we, the jury, find the defendant not guilty. But the jury did convict her on four misdemeanor counts for lying to the cops. People lie to the cops every day. Cops lie to people every day. I'm just one of the unfortunate idiots who admitted that they lied. So then the AP reporter asked Casey Anthony what Kaylee would have been like at age 12 in 2017 if she had lived. Kaylee would be 12 this year. What would she be like right now? A total badass. (laughs) I would like to think she'd be listening to classic rock and playing sports and not taking from anybody. And Casey Anthony says her conscience is clean. I don't give a sh**. When anybody thinks about me, I don't care about that. Yeah. I never will. I'm okay with myself. I sleep pretty good at night. And here's the most terrifying part of the AP interview. Would Casey Anthony, now in her early 30s, consider having another kid? If I'm blessed enough to have another child, if I'd be dumb enough to bring another kid into this world, knowing that there'd be a potential that some jack their little snot-nosed kid with a say-something-mean-to-my-kid. I don't think I could live with that. So, today, Casey Anthony lives in West Palm Beach, right here, where I'm recording this podcast. She works for a private investigator, and she apparently has lots of boyfriends. She recently got into a spat with a woman. Her name is Thelma Moya, who allegedly dated the same guy as Casey, and they were at her favorite watering hole, O'Shea's Irish Pub, on Clematis Street in West Palm Beach, still apparently living the Bella Vita, the tattoo she got. She called, Casey called 911 to report that someone had thrown a drink at her. It was a glass of water that was thrown in her, her lap. And according to West Palm Beach police... She dialed 911 and told them that she got into a verbal argument with a woman who had dated an ex-boyfriend of hers. And police say that she told officers the woman spilled the water on her leg and she wanted the incident documented, but she didn't want any arrests made. But Thelma Moya says that the boozy bar fight was apparently a publicity stunt. Thelma Moya exclusively told Fox News that Anthony's fabrication of the West Palm Beach incident shows how miserable she is and also exposes that all the drama between the two of them is just to keep her name relevant. She says it's all an act. Casey Anthony is starved for attention and just wants the publicity. And Moya revealed that Anthony is reportedly working on a new documentary about the murder of her daughter, Kaylee. And she says, just like the incident report, it's just another lie, which we know Casey Anthony is pretty darn good at. Well, that wraps up this episode of Full Rigor. Hope you enjoyed it. Very juicy. Be sure to give me a great rating. 
download, subscribe. Check me out on Instagram at Full Rigor Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Until next time.